Hello and welcome to Tell Me Everything. I'm Liz and I have Glenn Allen with me today and we talk about personal finance. We talk about what it takes to get to where you want to be, financial peace, investing. We go into a little bit about 401ks and how to invest for your futures. I will go ahead and link all of his information down below in the podcast description, but I hope you enjoy. Well, hello and welcome to Tell Me Everything. I'm Liz Lane and I have a guest here. His name is Glenn Allen. I have known this gentleman for quite a while since I was, man, in high school, if not before. I went to junior high school with one of his children and he's just been an amazing mentor in my life and I'm excited to have you. So Glenn, can you, welcome, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I mean, like you said, I mean, we've known each other for right. Sounds like you're talking going on 20 years. I can't believe it's been that long. I know that kind of just, I didn't realize that until I said it. (laughs) You want to know what I did? I mean, I'm a certified financial planner with Edward Jones, been doing it with Jones for about 20 years. So about the time I was meeting you, that's weird. I mean, knowing you about 20 years and meeting Jones about 20 years. Yeah. But I've been self-employed doing something like this since 1989. So I've been, I've done a few things over my lifetime. I love that. And and your family, you have you've been married for been married forty five years, coming wow. up from forty six. She's a peach. I like yes. her so she's such a sweetheart. <laughs> she puts up with me, so that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. She's a sweet person. Four kids, seven grandkids. Oh seven now. Seven grandkids. Wow. So I've been blessed. You really have. Because I know you asked me hobbies and I tell people my hobbies are watching my grandkids do stuff or my kids or doing stuff at church or mentoring. And you love traveling. I love I mean, traveling, but I haven't been able to yeah, do much of that in the last say. six, seven months. But yeah, I've been all over the world, but not not in the last few months. Yeah, your daughter, Laura, I've, she's been to some amazing places. She has, she has been spoiled. Yeah, I love she it. She has been spoiled. Yeah, but that, that's what's so cool about you know, what you do in your life, you've, you've set yourself up for success and your kids get to reap those blessings because of all of your hard work that you've done. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here, because I really look up to you and I admire you have such a genuine family and they're so sweet and hardworking. And I just, I don't know, I really appreciate that. But before we get into like all of the crazy details, I have a little bit of a fun Q and A. Okay. Um, are you a mountain or a beach person? Well, see, and that's weird. I probably like them both because one of my favorite spots is Big Sur and Big Sur is in the mountains, but you can go down to the beach within five minutes. So I, I like, like both of both? I like them both. That's actually funny because Justin and I were looking into Big Sur. We've never been. Big Sur, I, I went there for my honeymoon. I love Big Sur because of, of the location. I mean, it's beautiful because you're in the mountains. You don't even know you're next to the beach at points. And then you can get a little private road that goes down. And five minutes later, you're on the beach. Awesome. I'm going to have to put, we're for sure going to have to make that happen. Um, last book you read. Um, hmm. I think of the name of it. Cause I just gave it to Brad. Um, oh, called integrity by the last guy's name is uh, cloud is psychologist, but. He tells people, I mean, you got to be truthful to yourself. And a lot of times we really aren't. We say things, but we're really not. I like that. We've been discussing this book, you know, Jonathan Rizzo. And 
I mean, PhD in psychology. I turn around that book and he hasn't gotten through it because he's picking it apart. He goes, this is so awesome. The guy, somebody can put into words what, you know, he's learned, but I mean, it's in words. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Brad is, um, he's a pastor down in Ventura nice. and Glenn, he travels down there and he helps out with that amazing ministry. And I'm looking forward to having Brad on here one day too, to hear all about all of the amazing things that he's doing. So integrity, integrity. to check that out. Yes. What is the best life advice you have received and who said it? Oh, wow. Best life advice. The thing I remember the most is don't believe anything you read and only half of what you see. And in this day and age, it seems to be more and more true because what you read means nothing. I mean, they can do it. And what you see now, you can doctor, you can change stuff. So it's really hard now to know what you can believe in, what you can't believe. I, I mean, know. it is really hard. We live in a weird time. It's so important to like consider the source yeah. and even what you're talking about, that book, Integrity. I mean, who can we trust these days? It, it's tough. I mean, wow. I mean, it wasn't as bad, but even then you had to be careful. But now it's like, wow. Yeah. And depending on what you look at, I mean, you can look at certain TV programs that are slanted one way and other ones are slanted the other way. So if that's all you ever look at, you think your reality is, is that, but that's your reality, your perception, but it doesn't make it the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, on perception, well, I always remember someone told me a long time ago, perception is, he said, there was a snail riding on the back of a turtle. And he goes, you, you know what that uh, snail was doing? He's going, wee, cause he thought he was jamming. He was on top of a turtle. Turtle's fast compared to the snail. That was his reality. He thought he was jamming. In reality, he wasn't. Yeah, I love that. I know. It's funny because when you're talking about perception, we're sitting in the same space and you have a completely different view of the things yes. that I'm looking at. Yes. And I don't know. I like that. Um, last question before we get into all the good finance stuff is what is a consistent compliment you've received throughout your life? Um... <laughs> I know. I I asked this. This is my favorite question because it's so weird. But well, this may seem weird, but my wife she she laughs. She doesn't think I'm kidding her anymore. But I just had a woman come up to me just last week. She goes, "I love your hair," <laughs> and I've been hearing that since I was a kid. It is a good head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that just it cracks me up because I'm, I'm getting old, and you know, this woman stopped me in a restaurant. When we were walking out, and I go, "What? What?" She goes, "Love your hair." I go, "What?" She goes, I "Love your hair," and I'm like. <laughs> that is the best it is a good head of hair i'll have to admit <laughs> that just made me laugh i love that well thank you so much glenn for sharing that little bit of background about yourself and it's my husband justin and i we it's funny because this whole idea of finance started a few years ago my husband is actually way more futuristic and honestly more responsible than I am. And I remember one night he asked me out of the blue where we we're laying down, he was about to go to sleep. And he said, Hey, I'm going to call up uh, Glenn Allen and we're going to, we're going to set up a life insurance plan. And I was like, I had, a, I don't know why it just bothered me so much. I cried and he was, <laughs> I was super emotional. I don't know what happened. And he said, um, we're going to talk about this another day when you're not like this, because I don't know what just happened, but it was so odd because I had honestly never thought about, I mean, something happening to him. 
And it threw me off so much that I was just like, oh my gosh, if something happened to you, I'm not prepared. And it, it kind of sent me into this little bit of a tailspin, but I, it kind of started this, um, journey for me to kind of get a little more independent and started to think a little bit more on those terms of planning for the future. And I know we, he reached out to you and we have a little bit of an investment with you, but, um, I just, it's so interesting. And you are being in the finance world. Do you find that women are kind of in the similar boat to me? I think you should give Justin a big hug and kiss and you see him because most guys are not like Justin. Most guys, they don't want to get insurance for the wife. In fact, you'll understand this and I'm probably, I don't hope I'm not being too risque, no, but uh, a lot of guys tell me, hey, I don't want to get life insurance for my, uh, my wife because when I die, she's going to get Sancho somewhere and he's going to take care of her. I'm not going to support him. Hmm. I was like, whoa, 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 dude. If you get life insurance, you may not have to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, a lot of them, they're like, I don't want her partying on my money. Wow. But no, you're trying to take care of their needs. Yeah. So that's why I said I applaud Justin because I don't hear women. I hear that more from, but but not guys. Yeah, and it's so interesting because especially you know, I I speak to people more and more about most of their their stress comes from finances. It does in marriage in young people's lives, they're always living paycheck to paycheck. And it's so weird. I mean, I remember being really young and I, I was very irresponsible when I was younger. I got credit cards and I did all the things I shouldn't do, even though my parents told me not to. Lifestyle. Exactly. Lifestyle. That's (laughs) exactly. And we don't really think about the future and how it's going to affect us. And so I really wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit and talk a, a little bit about your idea of finances and you can kind of. Well, yeah, I'm a lifestyle. I mean, in fact, it's funny on my desk, I have a bunch of blocks, building blocks for building, you know, financial peace or whatever. And a lot of them are the basic things, but the very top one was, it was called lifestyle. And one time, I don't know how this little boy did it, but I had a, a, a little boy playing when I was meeting the client and somehow he broke that block and the parent was so, you know, so, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I go, Oh, this is perfect. That's what breaks people all the time is lifestyle. That's perfect. You broke it. Such an analogy. Yeah. Be, because, yeah. But I mean, I think I see a lot of kids, they want to keep, get what their parents have and more now. And their parents took most of their life to get there. Their parents didn't buy a 3,000 square foot house when they were 22 out the gate. You know, it took years and years and years and years. And now the kids finally got off, you know, and they had some more money and like, hey, we can do some more now. Well, we do. We live in such a time where everything is instant gratification. Yes. And it's this facade that there's this, oh, I'm going to win the lottery or I'm going to become famous. I'm going to become a a professional sports player. And we have it in our mind that we're just going to be rich. And you're so right. If we don't set up those building blocks early on and it's never too early to start. Yeah, well, it's buying it's the cars they want the houses they want and the travel they want and they can't afford it but they think they can put it on a credit card and make it okay they're trying to impress people that could care less but i mean and, and i told a group one time in a um in a dave ramsey um financial peace class because he's talking about paying cash for everything and so i know i had a client one time asking because hey, i got 10 grand wouldn't it be good to put that down on a car and then my payment would be less i'm like no, 
why don't you, instead of making a payment, why don't you just buy a car that you can get for $10,000 and have no payment? He goes, yeah, but I can't get that good a car. Well, that's fine. Buy a $10,000 car, keep it for a couple of years. And if your payment was going to be $400 a month, put that $400 a month away for the next couple of years. Wow. Now you got, you know, about eight, $9,000. You can probably still get maybe eight grand out of the car. Now you could buy a car worth 17, 18 grand. And then three or four year, years later, you know, sell that one, get another one. Within probably eight to 10 years or less, you've got a brand new car without a payment. Because the, the payments and it's the interest that kills you too. Yes, exactly. And those are the little hidden tricks. Those I mean the, the little hidden numbers that it's like, oh, well, I get it for this amount. But when you're not paying cash and when you're borrowing it from someone else, that money adds up so much. And when Justin and I, we took financial peace several years ago and you have been leading those classes. I've taught a few of them. For you know a while, can you explain to people out there who don't might not know a little bit about what financial well financial piece is? piece is a Dave Ramsey class, and I brought the book. Uh, let me get the book yeah. and just going to go through some of the things. That, I mean, the first thing they talk about is building a thousand dollars savings because a lot of people they don't even have a hundred bucks. I mean, if they have a blowout in their tire, they got to buy a new tire. They're like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, how am I going to get this tire? And they got to, you know, put it on a credit card and pay all this interest. So the first thing you got to have is, is uh, things happen in life. I mean, your washer breaks, you know, this happens, you know, so you need to have some, some money put away. And then they talk about paying off all the debt. Well, but you got to learn how to adjust your lifestyle. And a lot of times people, they may have to sell their car. They, they may even have to sell their house because they went way overboard. They're never going to afford it. But you, you got to look at what income's coming in and can I afford to do that? I mean, it, it's simple, but most people don't want to look at it because they're like, but I want more. And this, well, but I can afford this if I do this. No, you can't because you'll pay, you're going to pay the price at some point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then they talk about, I mean, he talks about saving for kids college fund and, and the life insurance and, uh, investing money and, and things like that. So he goes through the basics on it. You can get this book on your own. You can look on financial peace and a lot of churches, a lot of organizations have these classes come every once in a while and take one. And I recommend it. I definitely recommend it. It was something that was so humbling for Justin and I, because when you lay out your debt and you, you actually pay attention to a budget it was embarrassing the amount of money that we were spending on eating out on random. I don't even drink coffee, but my money was going to Cafe Smitten every single day. <laughs> and I it was just these little things added up. And I was honestly so shocked at where my money was going. And I didn't pay attention. Well, it reminds me because one time I was talking to a young person and he says, I'd love to save, but I got no money. And he's got a five dollar cup of coffee from Starbucks in front of me. And I go. Uh, how many of those you drink today? He goes, oh, probably two. Sometimes only one, but usually two. And I go, well, just quit drinking coffee. You can put away a couple hundred dollars a month. Yep. Easy. Oh, wow. Well, okay. So lifestyle. Exactly. That coffee is worth more than having a few hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars down the line. I mean, let me, I, I got an example here. Yeah, no, that's so great, Glenn. I love that you have so many real life experiences and that there are people that you can refer back to because even in my own life, and I'm just sharing with you guys listening, it's embarrassing. And I I challenge you guys to to do what Glenn just mentioned, save up that first thousand dollars. And I'll kind of go into a little bit of a personal story before he jumps in is um, 
a couple of years ago, I, one of Justin's, um, on his old, older truck, a part went out and it was super stressful. And then we remembered we had that thousand dollars. And for the first time in our marriage, it wasn't a, put it on the credit card, stress out. We don't know what we're going to do. It was a, this is a cushion. We have the money. We were able to buy the part, fix his truck without any kind of repercussion. And so I am seriously, I will attest to that saving a thousand dollars, but go ahead. What were you going to, okay, well, I'll do that. But you just remind me of another thing that I yeah. think is helpful too. And if something I fell in by accident one time, this was years ago, but when I used to go on vacation, take the kids to the beach or something, they're always like, can I have this? Can I have this? We go to the store. Can I, can I, can I, you know, I want all this. And I'm like, man, I'm tired of this. And so this one trip before we left, we were going to the beach for about four or five days. I pulled them both in and they were probably seven and 10 or maybe a little bit older, but I gave them both 50 bucks Said, here it is. You can do anything you want. I don't care if you buy candy. I don't care if you bury it in the sand. It's your money. I don't care. Like, oh, wow. Well, we were at the beach a few hours later and we were in the store a couple of hours later. And all of a sudden they, Hey, can I have this dad? Can I have this? And I go, sure. And they go, all right, great. And I go, you got money. And they go, what? 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 My money? I go, that's what I gave you money for. I did not hear a single word the rest of the time asking me for anything. And they both came home with money because that was their money. They weren't spending my money. Wow. Yeah. It was their money. That is, that's so good. Even for those of you parents out there, that might be a really good um, exercise to do when you guys go on vacation. Because there really is something different about spending someone else's money, even having cash in my hands. I don't like giving it away. There's some, I can swipe a credit card or we don't really have, we don't have credit cards very much anymore, but I would say a debit card. You don't really realize it it doesn't make an impact. But when I'm handing a hundred dollar bill, I'm like, Oh, I just spent a meal. I just bought food for a hundred dollars. Was it worth it now? You know? So. Yeah. No, I can remember years ago, I didn't didn't even know who Dave Ramsey was, but I had heard about, you know, putting money in an envelope for things you got to spend. Well, my wife and I'd always get into it at Christmas time about how much we're going to spend. You know, I want to get this, but we don't have that much money. Yeah, but come on, they need this. So I finally gave her an envelope. I think uh, years ago, I gave her an envelope that had $500 and I go, when it's gone, it's gone. You can do anything you want. You can buy anything for anybody you want. But when that envelope's empty, it's done. He was able to do it. Yeah. And then we started doing groceries like that. It's easier to do groceries and go out to eat and you just, hey, put it in the card. Uh, yeah, exactly. Actually, what's funny, um, since you brought up Christmas, I'll briefly kind of bring this up. I had a question come up okay. through Instagram. And one of them was um, how to set up a savings account or a Christmas account. And that's one really good way that Glenn mentioned is to set aside an amount. Uh, $500 was his amount, but whatever it is that you are able to afford and, and don't go over that. There's, it's so easy. And he mentioned this as well earlier to get caught up in trying to impress other people and why put yourself through stress and debt and have this weight and burden on your shoulders every single holiday when honestly, most people just want to spend time, maybe think outside of the box, get creative. And one of the things that um, Justin and I started doing several years ago, and for those of you guys, it is a game changer. We have a separate savings account for Christmas only, and we put in our amount uh, was $50 a month and it's kind of increased over the years as we got different jobs, but we put it in. And at the end of the year, if you put 50 bucks a month, there was $600 in there and it, 
And it was, we're like, we know Christmas is coming every year. Why is it a surprise? Why is it all of a sudden we're stressed out about buying our mom and dad and cousin and sister's aunt all these gifts? And it's like, hello, we'll just save it early on. So if you guys are finding yourself getting stressed out, and I know we're already, if you're listening to this, it'll be in November, but even just the next few weeks, Put aside the coffee for a little while. Put aside eating out for a little bit and save up so that you don't have to charge. Well, and, and one step above that is, okay, if you know that you have, for myself, I got seven grandkids. If I know I'm going to have seven grandkids to get presents for, then put money away. You know that's coming up. If I got other things I'm going to do, you know that's coming up. So if you're struggling with it, save for it now. It's like I used to see teachers that were on the 10-month uh, pay. They, it's two months they didn't get paid. Well, so for those two months, they're struggling. Like, oh man, I get, I, I can't pay the bills. I'm like, but you've known, you've been on this plan for ten years. Once you put money, oh, I can't afford it. I'm like, well, then you're living your lifestyle. You know, you, you, you can't afford what you're doing. Exactly. You got to change somehow. I did, and there was another question as well. Sorry, there, it's oh, so I, I, love, I love it because it, it's just there's so much. It was one of them was what is a practical way or how do you save money while paying off debt. You come up with a certain percentage. So if you're paying off debt and let's say you're making $3,000 a month, well then, I mean, you got to pay the debt off, but I mean, and that's why we're saying build up that thousand dollars cash and then sock everything and pay off debt. When the thousand dollars, you got to spend $300 because an emergency came up, get it back up to a thousand dollars and start attacking debt again. A little bit in the savings goes longer, a longer way than you think it does. It just gives you the peace of mind like you're saying. So when it, something yeah. happens, you're okay. And it's not an, if it happens, it's when it it's happens. It's when it happens. Life happens. Exactly. Yeah. But I see a fancy chart there. Well, I do. I was, I yeah. like it. What's going on here? <laughs> well, for, for young people, I showed them because you can put $6,000 away a year into a, a Roth IRA. If you did that and you were 25 years old and did it for 40 years, so you're 65. You want to guess how much money you'd have if if you're if I'm going to say we're averaging seven percent. My eyes. If you guys saw my eyeballs right now, I'm not about math, one, about one point it. about one point two million dollars. Oh my gosh! Wow. That's just putting away five hundred dollars a month. Every month. One point two million dollars. Now I bring that up because I've had this happen to me before. So I have some of that saving money really good. They've been doing it for five years, let's say, and now they have. 30 some thousand dollars in there. And they're like, hey, I got to get a car. My car's broke. I know you guys say, you know, you shouldn't borrow money. So I'm going to borrow 10 grand to put down on a car to get my payment down. I'm like, whoa, no. I'm like, well, that's not a big deal. And I go, yes, it is a big deal. Because doing the math on if you take that $10,000 out at five years, so you still got 35 years to go, instead of 1.2 million, you're at about 1.1 million. Wow. So that 10000 cost you $100,000 at the end. Wow. That's one expensive car or whatever you're, you're thinking it is because the time of money doesn't have that time to work. Wow. Yeah. Can you explain, kind of break down a little bit about a, what a Roth IRA is? Well, Roth IRA, okay, well, I can explain. Let's go back to this 1.2. On this one here, you would have put in... Uh, well, 6,000 times 10, so 60, 120, $240,000. And it'd be worth about 1.2. So that means that you had almost a million dollars you're going to pay no taxes on. Wow. Zero taxes. Okay. 
Whereas you can put it in traditional IRA where you get a tax rod if everybody's talking about. But if you're only in a 10, 15% tax bracket on 240,000, let's say in a 15% tax bracket, you're going to save about $40,000 in taxes. But on that 1.2 million, you're probably going to pay a few hundred thousand dollars in taxes. That's a horrible, horrible bet to take. Mm -hmm. So I tell most people up until they're in their late forties, a Roth, I mean, that's what you got to do if you can do it. Yeah. Because you got the time on money. Now, if you don't have that much time, then then it becomes where it's not a big deal. Yeah. And that was one of, um, let's see. I have a couple of questions I'm kind of looking at here. Okay. And I'm losing my voice. That's all right. <laughs> I, um, oh, here we go. One of the other questions was about a 401k. Yes. Where and how to start? Well, a 401k, you, your employer has to offer that. Unless you're self-employed, you can't do a 401 You can't start a 401k. It's an employee plan. So your employer has to have it. A lot of them now, they will match. A lot of them will match three or 4%. I told people, if you got matching money, put it in. What that means is if they'll match up to 4%, that means if you're making $1,000, let's say you're making $1,000 a week. Well, they'll match 40 bucks if you put in 40 bucks matching. So if you put in $40, they put in 40, so you got $80 going to only cost you 40. That's a great thing. That's a hundred percent return on your money. Here I'm talking about seven or 8% free money. Yeah. And I think that that's where, we this in this conversation we really want people to start thinking about their future and to start thinking about this money is going somewhere no matter what we it's going to go either somewhere that's going to benefit you in the future you're going to have a solid plan in the future you're going to have at least something to work with or you're going to get to unfortunately i know people in my own family who are older and they didn't set these things up and they're really struggling with social security. Social security is not, it's not meant to, to pay social security. I mean, it was broke from the get go because yes. when they first started it, most people don't realize when they had it start at 62, when it, social security first started, the average lifespan was 60 years old. So you're supposed to be dead two years before it started. Wow. The average lifespan now is 79 to 80 years old. Wow. And they've never adjusted that. So that right there, and then originally, I think they had, oh, within the first year, I think they had like ten or 12,000 people on it. But then they, Congress are like, oh, well, let's let the wife uh, do it. Let's let their kids, let's do this. Within a few years, they had over a million people on it. But they never made any adjustments to how they pulled money out. And I was just reading a statistic that, that shows right here in America, we've had the lowest birth rate. I think almost in our history, I mean, I think it's down to like 58 births per thousand people. Well, that's who pays your social security. And I mean, if you're young right now, they're the ones paying your social security in 30 years. Wow. And there's not going to be that many workers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know China, they're going through some issues with bringing people from other countries in because they've always had just one child per family. Well, now they don't have enough workers. It's like, okay, where are we going to come with this? Yeah. And it everything trickles down. And like you're saying, everything's connected. And when we're talking about finances and there's a lot of, um, it's almost like, it feels like a mystery. It's like people believe that wealth or security is, is by chance. And I find people, like we talked a little bit earlier, that people are so, um, I don't know. I don't. And, and I, you would be surprised, Glenn, and I'm sure you talk to people who actually do not have a budget at all. They do not. Nope. No budget. And 
I wanted to encourage people out here listening. If you're not paying attention to where your money is going, I encourage you, that's going to be one of your first steps. Also get that thousand dollars saved, but also start to look at your bank accounts, start taking a log or a journal and noticing that you are, your money's just falling out of your pockets and you're not even realizing it. It's just like going to waste. But one of the um, things, another question was how do, and we kind of talked about it briefly, but how do I set up a personal retirement account and start well, to contribute? A personal retirement account is an IRA. and you can, an either, IRA. Mm-hmm. you can either do a traditional type that it's a tax deduction or the Roth, which if you're young, I suggest the Roth. The Roth. But it's easy. I, I set those up on, on a daily basis. I mean, you can put up to... If you're under 50, it's 6,000 a year. If you're over 50, it's $7,000 a year. Perfect. So if somebody was interested, is it okay if I put that That's information? Great. Okay. So if you guys are interested in that personal retirement um, account and setting it up, that Roth or that IRA, I will go ahead and definitely link Glenn's information, his work information um, down in the podcast description for you guys to reach out because you're not going to know unless you ask questions, but I see you reading something else. What you well, got? We were talking about lifestyle. So I just want to, a lot of people, they want to have all this, but they don't pay the price to get it. I know you, you worked hard to get your degree. It, it took a while, but you got it. Well, this is a statistic that came out and this was the, through June of this year. And right now, if you have less than a high school education, the unemployment rate's about 21%. Wow. If you at least graduated from high school, you're unemployed at about 17%. If you have some college, it's down to about 13%. And if you have a college degree or greater, it's down to 8%. And I'm sorry, this was for March when, when everything hit yeah. big time. I mean, right now it's a lot lower than that. But I mean, it just shows that, you know, you got to pay the price to do that. And then income-wise, it shows if you have barely a high, uh, a high school education, they say your average salary is going to be about $39,000 a year. If you have a bachelor's degree, you're up to about $73,000 a year. If you have an advanced degree, you're about $106,000 a year. You want, you want more things in your life? Then pay the price to get the education to do that. I love that you said that, Glenn, because... I mean, working a lot with young adults and I don't know what it is. And and I've been there and I have to put myself in those situations where you kind of just live day to day. But before you know it, you wake up and you're like, whoa, how did I get to be 33? Right. When did this happen? I'm, I'm an adult now. I'm, I'm making these adult decisions. And it's so it can be a little bit overwhelming and. Justin, we kind of talked a little bit about this earlier. He's a bit of a different breed. Um, When we first kind of started dating, he actually already had a little savings for his, for a ring, for a wedding ring. And I kind of wanted to talk to the men a little bit, just briefly, specifically, because whether you like it or not, um, there's something different that is in a man to provide for for his woman. (laughs) There's something different that Justin has always tried to explain to me when, you know, early on in our marriage, he would say, you just don't understand. And I would, we're okay though. I don't need this or this. He's like, but you don't understand, um, 
my my need to give you these things. And is that something yeah. that all men struggle or not struggle with? I well, don't know and, if that's the word. And I feel word. for sometimes the guys that maybe have lost their job, maybe like in the oil fields right now, they're yeah. making good money. And now their wife is the only one working. It does something inside you because you're, we're built to be the provider. And when we're not, I mean, it makes you feel like you're less than. Mm. So, I mean, it, I, it is tough. Yeah. And it's nothing to be shameful, like be ashamed of right now. We're just in a hard oh. time. It's just something to, again, we're going to go back to that. It's not the, if it's the when, and if you guys start to set your guys, if you set yourselves up now for the future, if you start to put away savings for when these emergencies happen and we talked about that thousand dollars, but eventually in Dave Ramsey, he talks about wanting to get up to six months. Up to six months. Well, then he talks about at some point, you get all your bills paid off and you start investing the money and you got millions of dollars. Yeah. Because if you start investing, that's when you, you start getting to do lifestyle thing. Yeah, exactly. But you got to pay the price first. Just like getting the education. I know at church a lot, I've, People want the, the, I see people want the lifestyle, but they don't want to pay the price for it. You've worked with college people a lot. Mm-hmm. They want the lifestyle, but they don't want to pay the price and go to school. Mm-hmm. I know you know Nathan. Well, Nathan to become a PA, I mean, he spent the first, after high school, he spent another seven, eight years in school. Mm-hmm. He's got a very nice life now. He's making a, like, good money. Mm-hmm. Met his wife as a PA who is also making good money. But they paid a price. Mm-hmm. Well, then I, I see people, I used to work at the high school a lot, and you hear them, hey, what do you want to do when you get to high school? I'm going to take this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. You talk to them a year or two later, and it's like, what are you doing? Well, it didn't work. And, you know, I work part-time in In-N-Out Burger, not doing much, still living at home with my parents. And, okay, they didn't want to pay the price. Yeah. And you're so right. And it's something that there's like, there's a drive in certain people and you're right. Nathan was always somebody that, you know, he knew what he wanted to do and he just did it and he worked his tail off to get it done. I saw him years later and it was so cool yeah. to well, see him. Yeah, And he did work it off, but you know, Laura, my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. And one time someone asked her, cause I mean, all four of my kids went to school and got their degrees and I know people that they can't get their kids out of the house and they go, they're asking Laura. So what made you go to college? She goes, if I want to go to college, my dad would have kicked my butt. There was no doubt that's what I was doing. And that was a mindset I had that you're going to college. In fact, to, to help that along, I didn't get my degree until I was 35. But I got it before my daughter got out of high school. So she couldn't tell me, hey, dad, you did all right. You didn't have, high school. You didn't have a college degree. No, I, I got my college degree. So I could, hey, I, I'm not going to make an excuse. No, I love, and I love that because there's so many people that don't realize yeah, and that was a sacrifice for you. It was. I I was working full time, had four kids and oh, three kids at the time and still going to, you know, going to school full time. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is. It's hard work never comes void. There's never going to be a time and whether it comes back monetarily, like money wise or whether it comes back where somebody says, wow, I noticed this in you. There's always going to be something and and pride even within itself like those of you guys listening know when you're not living to your fullest potential and you know in those moments when you say oh I wanted to do this and and five years later you still haven't done it there's a you can't tell me that there's not something going on in their confidence there we you have to get to that place where you learn discipline you learn self-control you learn how to 
wake up early and get things done if you need to. But also when it comes to money in the Bible, it talks about being a slave to the lender. And I cannot tell you guys the moment that Justin and I paid off our credit card debts, I slept better at night. And I kid you not, it it is not a joke because there was something about having that huge burden of owing someone else. And, And we even borrowed a little bit of money from a, from our parents. I hated it. They didn't mind, but there was something inside of me that felt like I don't like owing you something. And if you're a believer and you see that in God's word, it's because he's trying to protect us from, from having, I mean, peace from losing our peace of owing somebody something. And we have that ability. We have the resources. If we just reach out, do the work. Um, Glenn is offering, you know, if you guys want to make an appointment with him and you guys have money to. Uh, But I love just talking to people too. So, I mean, if I got a thousand people call me up, it may not happen, but. No, yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) And they have to have their money to invest. But I mean, I've helped people from the church where they just, they needed some counseling and just basics. They had no money to invest, but if someone's serious about it, but I mean, if you're serious about it, then you'll get the, the financial piece from Dave Ramsey and, and start following. That's some a of great that. starting point. And you guys, honestly, you can find used books. Look online, go to the library. I know that uh, Dave Ramsey's there. There really isn't an excuse. Well, yeah. In fact, I'm hearing some of the college kids now, instead of buying the books that cost two and three hundred dollars, the libraries always have to have every professor's book in the library. They're going with their cell phone, taking a picture of the chapter they need for the day and then using it. Oh my gosh. I that is so awesome. That really is that because college can be very pricey. Oh, the books are ridiculous. Yeah. But then on the college professor side, that's how some of them make some of their money is what they get. They get a kickback on the books. Yeah. Because I remember I had a business instructor. I'm like, this is ridiculous. You had that. You're, I mean, you're, you're teaching it something that's never changed. I mean, you're teaching history. Okay. All right. Come on. We got to keep changing books. There's one professor. Yeah, that's how I make part of my money. I mean, you know, the book is $80 and and I make $30 off every book. I'm like, all right, at least you gave me an honest answer. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to kind of uh, reel it back really quick. But can you tell um, for those people who are listening that are genuinely at a level zero, what is the best place to start with a budget? Again, the best place is, well, first get honest with yourself. How much money am I actually making? I ask a lot of people, even when I'm sending counsel, you know, so what's your income? Uh, I don't know. Well, if you don't know what your income is, how do you know what you can spend? So get serious. How much money are you bringing home? And from there, now you can set a budget up. But that's the very first thing you got to do is how much money am I making? How much money am I spending? And then you got to start cutting things out. That's why I said, I mean, you may, you know, you may be making $1,500 a month and you got to, $700 Escalade payment. Well, that's stupid. But yeah. hey, it, it, you know, everybody's impressed, cool. but, but, but nobody's really impressed because you can't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, and you're probably in debt, you know, all over the place. In fact, you reminded me when we were talking about, you know, got rid of your credit card debt. The last stat I saw was banks in the U.S. And this was a couple of years ago, but they lost about $200 billion on, on credit card debt, you know, the bad stuff. And I thought, wow, that's very high. But then the next line said, but they made $1.2 trillion in income off those credit cards. So you're, you are taking care of the banks when you use your credit card. And that's why they give credit to people that are not credit worthy. 
because they know they can spread it out long enough to get more than what you, they ever paid in there. Or I hear somebody and they go down to a furniture store and they buy some piece of furniture and they finance it for five years at like $10. But you find out you paid three times the amount that the piece of furniture cost in interest. Yep. That's, but, but I got the, no. I mean, if you paid a thousand dollars piece of furniture and it cost you 3000 by the time you threw it, what could you have done with the extra 2000? Mm-hmm. You could do a lot of things. Well, and instead of just saving up, instead of, you know, okay, yes, I need a new mattress. Maybe there's different ways, like have a yard sale, get another job. Um, that was, these are just principles that Dave Ramsey talks about. And we're bringing that up because it works. It does. Well, I remember when I first became self-employed. It didn't work the way I thought it was going to work. It was a lot harder than I thought. I went and got a job cleaning buildings at night because I had to make some more money. So you do what you can, you know, do what you do for a time. I mean, it's nothing embarrassing with that. No, it's that, but it's that mindset of hard work and that, are you willing to do what it takes to get to the place where you want to be? Well, in fact, that's where I always tell people getting a degree doesn't mean you're smarter than anybody. Most of the time you're not. The only thing the degree proves is that you can stick to it, that you can get along with people you don't like. You got a professor that you didn't like, he didn't like you, but you were able to get through and get your degree. That's all it proves. Now they can train for what they want. So, I mean, you don't got to get a degree in, you know, advanced psychology or calculus or something like that. You need to get a degree in some simple things, but having that piece of paper, it opens some jobs up that you wouldn't normally have. It does. And school's not easy. It's something that is a sacrifice and it takes time and energy. And while everyone else was going out and having a good time, as you know, your kids were in doing homework. I've, I've been through it as well, but it's paying off. Well, and the other thing I got to say about the college that I see it sometimes is kids. So they're going to be a school teacher, but they want to go to a private school where it's $60,000 a year. No, 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 no. That's an expensive price for something you're never going to get back. You go to a private school and you're going to get a job that's going to make six figures or better. All right. I can see doing that. But if you're going to be, you know, something that's not going to make that much money, I'm not saying you're bad doing that, but then go to the junior college, go to the local college where it's a lot cheaper not going to get you a better job because you got a degree from uh, UC San Diego instead of Cal State. I'm sorry. Nobody's, oh man, they're from there. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh-uh. Exactly. And I think that that's what, what's so funny is like this theme of like caring what other people think about is keep coming up a little bit because we're so focused on the titles. We're so focused on what we have and what we appear to be on the outside. But you guys, if you don't have peace when you lay down at night, is it all worth it? When you go to bed and if you're so overwhelmed with debt, if you and your spouse are fighting, if you're so stressed out and you're a single person and you're like, man, one day I want to get married. But are you set up for that? Are you are you a single man who wants to be married? Have you started a savings for a ring? Have you, are you going to start your marriage out in debt because you want to buy her this ring? Like the, you know, it's going to cost money to have a wedding. Do you have a wedding account? And I'm saying these things because we always want, but we don't prepare. And when these things come, we get ourselves into this place where we're so stressed out. And then people go into debt over weddings and you're, you're bringing these things into your marriage when if you want an awesome wedding, start saving up now. Who cares if you're 18, 19 years old? You know, it's coming. You know, it's a desire. I, I know a young girl from our college. She used to attend our college group and she has um, 
two jobs. She's a nanny and she works um, at a local coffee shop here at Smitten. She works her tail off and she is paying cash for her college right now. She is two years into, um, she has one year left. She, she finished a BC debt-free. She's in her last year of her four year to get her bachelor's. And she's, because she's working so hard, she doesn't really have family support. And she said, I want to get out of here debt-free. And she's, I just admire her. She's a little fireball and I'm so proud of her, what she's doing. But you guys, you have that opportunity too. You guys have that chance to set up your 401k. If you have that opportunity at your job, I'm sorry, but it's not wise if you're not taking it. It is unwise if you have that opportunity and you're like, I don't want to pay the extra hundred bucks a month or 40 bucks a month is whatever it is. When it's free money, as Glenn mentioned, you're paying, they're matching. Just do it. You can find $40. You can not get a pair of pants or a pair of shoes once a month. The coffee, I'm not going to, we're going to bring that up a hundred times because I see all of you guys with your Starbucks and it drives me nuts. And then where's your money going? But before, while we wrap up, Glenn, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up that you, that we didn't cover yet? Well, I don't know. I, I would just, I mean, I love what you're saying that if you really want it bad enough, because I know when I got out of high school, I wanted to do things. I went to school for two days when I first graduated. And I thought, this is dumb. I want to make money. But I joined the military because I go, okay, I want to be able to, to, to do something, make some money. And I got the free education. So I'm, when people say I can't afford to go to school, I'm like, there's a lot of ways. He said, work at another job. I mean, the military. I mean, th there's other things. Starbucks. I mean, they'll pay for your, uh, your college education. Yes. So there's different jobs. I think Chick-fil-A helps out too. So there's different things out there. How bad do you want it? So that's basically, if you want to get out of the mess you're in now, you got to get to where that's more important than almost anything else. Mm -hmm. Dave Ramsey talks a little bit about something that he, it's the snowball effect. And I love that word picture because really you guys, if you imagine a, a snowball and it goes down a hill, it's going to pick up and become bigger and bigger and bigger. And when you get momentum and you get that first thousand dollars in your bank account and you sit down and you look at your budget and you, and you see, wow, I make this, I make $1,200 a month, but I'm spending a thousand dollars a month. That 200 bucks isn't much of a cushion and you're not, going to have that. So if you cut back a little bit and it doesn't take much, if you have to shop at secondhand stores, if you have to do these things to get where you need to be, do it. If you have to take your lunch to work, which we sh honestly should anyway. I did for many years of my life. Exactly. I mean, that's just the way it was. And, and now Glenn, like you're at a place where your kids, they're growing they're they have you have seven grandkids they're thriving they went to school yes. but and you guys you're gonna be at that place hopefully god willing you get to the point in your life when you're able to look at your family and say this is the legacy i've created but it starts now it starts it's, with making the decisions now yeah it starts yeah it starts making decisions now for later mm -hmm. yeah if you don't you're gonna pay a price Exactly. I like that old Framwell commercial that from years ago that said, pay me now or pay me later. If you'll pay the price now to get something later on, you're going to have a nice life. Yeah. But most people don't want to pay that price till, you know, when they're almost retired and you're going to pay the price. You're going to have nothing. You're going to be stressed out because social security is not going to pay enough. Social security is not going away, but it will reduce one day. There's no way they keep paying what they're paying. Mm -hmm. 
But right now they can pay about 77% on an ongoing basis. So it's not going to disappear. But for the younger generation like yourself, it's going to look so much different when you finally get to retirement age. Mm-hmm. And it may, they may raise it to you got to be 70, 75 to get instead of 62. Mm-hmm. Man, we're not guaranteed anything. And really your future is in, I mean, I, I'm a Christian, so I believe that my future is in God's hands. But when I'm talking about right here in the physical world, you have to do the work. You have to take control of your life. You have to take responsibility and ownership because it's nobody else's responsibility. And it's not fair to expect other people to give you free stuff. No, no. You got to work for it. But you're talking about being, you know, Christians. That's, I mean, we're supposed to tell people, hey, we got this lifestyle. We got this God we're following. If you're so broke, you can't even buy some guy in the corner, you know, breakfast. That's not a very good example. And that's where I'll go back. And you've heard me say it before, but I love Malachi 3, 8 through 10. It's the only place in the Bible that challenges you. It says, hey, bring the tithe, bring it to me. And he goes, I double dog dare you that your life will be better if you do that. And I know in my life, I mean, I couldn't afford, when I first became a Christian, started tithing. I mean, I was upside down. I started doing that and things got better and better and better. And then I started giving more and things got better. So I'm saying, if nothing else, I mean, uh, Tom Touchstone, he always says, if he's down to his last dollar, he's putting in the offering plate because God, okay, see what I did. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that we love, we live by as well. My mom, she was a single mom for many years. And, and I always remember she would say, God's going to take care of us. We give him what's his, we give him our 10%, even if we don't have it. And I can tell you, we always had food in our bellies. We all, you know, and now she's gone on to do different things and she's, we're super blessed because of that work that she put in, but it was the Lord who provided for us. And, and a lot of these principles that we're talking about are biblically based. They're all biblically based. Yes, exactly. They're biblically based. And if you want to know more, you may feel free to reach out through Instagram. You can find me, um, my name is Liz Lane, as you know, and I will also put Glenn's information down here in the in the description, as well as links to Dave Ramsey's books. But Glenn, I'm so happy you came today. I, I had fun. I, I, I had loved fun. Thank you for inviting me. This I love talking lot, to you. A lot of fun. Hope you have a wonderful day. Talk to, soon, guys. <laughs>